0: Good morning, everyone. Welcome. Uh, My name is Roger, and I'll be uh, speaking about the passage we just heard read from the Bible. Uh, But before that, let me pray. Our Father in heaven, open our ears so that we may hear. Open our hearts so that what we hear may change us. Amen. Amen. Now I 'm not sure if the tech crew can show the, um, show the scripture passage we just heard from Matthew, uh, but uh, that's what I 'll be uh, talking about. And I actually uh, notice I've got in here a, um, a little uh, ringtail possum, and so it might be a bit hard to see there, uh, but the ringtail possum is covering uh, his eyes. and I bought that um, ringtail possum along, covering his eyes uh, because The first part of the passage is about what we do with our eyes and how we see. Actually, I have a second ringtail possum here, uh, slightly different. Uh, It's covering its mouth. I brought that along because the second part of the passage has to do with our mouth and what we say. Actually, I have a third um, ringtail possum here. You can come up and see them later, they're pretty cute. Uh, this one is covering its ears. And uh, the third part of the passage is about what we do with our ears, how we hear. And so uh, I brought that along just to remind us about that. So kids, just keep an eye. I don't want them to run away. So just uh, uh, keep, them, keep your eye on those possums there. Well, the first part of the passage, as I said, the part that was talking about uh, wolves in sheep's clothing, that uh, tells us that appearances can be deceptive. Things are not always what they look at, uh, how they appear in first sight. So what we see uh, is, is not enough. We have to be careful about how we see. Then the second part, which we'll come to in a moment, is about what people say. Uh, we heard about people who say, Lord, Lord? Uh, and this second part of the passage tells us that uh, what we say is not enough. And the third part, that was about the ears, you may remember, uh, about the two builders, two people who heard Jesus' words, that tells us that hearing is, is not enough. So I want to say it is important that we use the faculties that God has given us. It is important that we look uh, with our eyes. It's important that we use our mouths uh, to tell forth uh, good things. It's important that we use our ears to hear. But that alone is, is not enough, as we'll see as we... Uh, look at each part separately. So let's start at the beginning uh, verse 15 to 20 which you see here on the screen uh, is about false prophets. We might say about fake prophets. So they look like one thing, they look like sheep but they're actually something else. They're wolves. On the outside they're all woolly and fluffy and you know nice, but inside they are, they are ravenous. Jesus actually used another picture of something that looks different uh, on the outside to what it is on the inside. He talked about white and sepulchres was a word, or about tombs that were painted, shiny, bright, white in the sunshine, looking lovely, but inside, of course, they have um, the bones, the bodies of dead people, dark, and uh, and maybe stinking. There's a story in the Bible about someone who looked like his brother on the outside. He put on a fake skin. Uh, to trick his father into thinking he was his brother. On the outside, looked like Esau, felt like Esau, but on the inside was actually Jacob. There's a story you might have read about a donkey who got dressed in a lion's skin. Uh, or people in the theatre back in Jesus' day wore masks. Uh, they were called hypocrites. That was the name for these actors who put on a mask. Literally, uh, they were acting, they were playing a part that wasn't really them. And Jesus is warning us that this, there are hypocrites everywhere, even in the church. And these people may get away with uh, playing the part, looking like something they're not uh, for a long time, but in the end, they will be exposed. Their actions will give them away. It's what they do which will show what they really are. You can see there in verse um, 16, Jesus says, By their fruit, you will recognize them. He says it again in verse uh, 20, if we go on to the next screen. In verse 20, he says the same thing. By their fruit, you will recognize them. So by the actions of people, by what they produce, uh, we can recognize what they really like. Well, uh, we move on to the second part here. Verse 21, you see there about what people say. This is about... Uh, not false prophets now, or fake prophets, but about false disciples, fake disciples. They say something, Lord, Lord, they say the right things, but what they do doesn't match with what they're saying. Well, you know, talk is cheap. Words can be empty, and what counts is not what we say, but what we do. And you see there in verse 21, Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. What we say is not enough. Our actions have to back up what we say. Our actions have to be consistent with our words. Not everyone will enter, but only the one who does the will of the Father. Well, we've seen about looking with our eyes, uh, we've seen about speaking with our mouth, So the third part, we come to the ears and what we hear. And from verse 24 on, there are two stories which illustrate two different hearers. And the two stories have got many similarities. You see there, Jesus says in verse 24, everyone who hears these words of mine uh, is like this. So there are two stories, two people who build houses. Both the houses, uh, we're not told they're any different. They might have been you know, the same prefab houses. Uh, We're told they suffered the same conditions, they suffered the same rain and streams and wind. One house fell down, the other one remained standing. And what was the difference? Well, you heard the story, the fundamental difference, the foundational difference we might say, at the bottom of it all, at the base of it, was where the two houses were built. And one was built on sand, and one was built on rock. And I've been reading, you know, in different places there are different sorts of geotechnical conditions. And uh, it was in the Netherlands once, and there they build the, the, house, the land's all boggy, and they actually pump out all this water from the land, put in a base, and start building a house. Now, in uh, Palestine, where Jesus was, there's always uh, rock under the surface but typically sand on top. Sometimes the rock's bare, you can build on that. Other places the sand, you have to dig it, maybe a few inches or a few feet, a metre, to, uh, to find the rock. But the rock is there uh, if, you, if you look under the sand. So this is the contrast. One house is built just on the sand as it is, the other is on the rock. And Jesus explains what the is all about. We don't have to wonder what's this story about. Jesus says, it tell, it's about two people, they both hear his words, The difference is what they do with the words or the difference is how they respond. One person uh, puts them into practice, as you see there, and the other person, verse 26, who hears the words of mine and does not put them into practice, he is the one whose house falls down. So hearing is part of it. Hearing is a start. Hearing is one thing, but the action that follows the hearing is the important thing. What you hear is not enough. It's what you do as a result. That really counts and uh, later in the Bible James makes this same point uh, James says chapter 1 verse 22 of the book of James do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves do what it says do not merely listen do what it says and James gives another picture uh, a different picture to the picture Jesus gave, gave using the two houses James gives a picture of a, of a mirror He says, anyone who listens to the word, but does not do what it says, is like someone who looks at his face in a mirror and after looking at himself, goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. Well, I said earlier this morning it might be looking in the mirror and seeing your mascaras running and not doing anything about it, but I was told that might be a sexist illustration. So let's say you're looking in the mirror and you see the chocolate from the cappuccino you just had down at Goulburn Square is still on your lip and you don't do anything about it or the egg you had for breakfast. You look in the mirror, that's good, but then you need to act on what you see. So uh, this is the situation we are all in today. We all here today have heard the word of God. It's there in front of us. We've heard it read. The Word of God, we have heard it with our ears. We've seen it with our eyes. What are we going to do about it? Are we just going to walk away as if nothing's happened or are we going to respond to the Word of God and act on it and change our lives accordingly? So hearing by itself is not the important thing. We must act on what we've heard. That's what James is saying. That's what Jesus is saying. And Jesus points out it's a very serious matter. And this is actually made clear in each of the three parts of the passage we were looking at. So in the first part, when it comes to fake prophets, Jesus said they will be cut down and thrown into the fire. People who don't produce the fruit, people who are are fake trees that are fake, chopped down, thrown into the fire. And then with the fake disciples, Jesus said, I will say to them, I never knew you. Now, earlier this year, I was in in this uh, pulpit here and talking about being known by God and knowing God. And the Bible has this theme that uh, we can know God, but amazingly, God knows us. And I said, these are some of the saddest words in the Bible that on the last day, Jesus will say to some people, not, welcome, I knew you, Uh, join me here, it's part of the family, but Jesus will say to some people, to fake disciples, I never knew you. That's a very very sad statement. And the final story, you can see there, uh, the end of verse 27, that house, it fell with a great crash, full stop. That is the end of the Sermon on the Mount. Those are the last words on the Sermon on the Mount. It fell with a great crash, full stop, double inverted commas, end of the sermon. This is how the Sermon on the Mount ends. It fell with a great crash. Now, the Sermon on the Mount, a very famous sermon. If you want to know how to preach, you could read this. That's how you end your sermon. It fell with a great crash. It's a very, so, um, very somber, very sober way to end uh, a message. The Sermon on the Mount, you may remember, begins in a much different way, a very happy way, you might say. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are these people, happy are those people, rejoice when this happens. A very happy, a very positive start. But look how the sermon ends. It ends in a sad way. The house fell down with a great crash. So I think we've got to heed that the sermon ends with warning, after warning, after warning. There are these repeated warnings. You don't want to be that tree that is cut down and thrown into the fire. You don't want to be that tree. You don't want to be that person that Jesus says on the last day, I never knew you. And you don't want to be in that house that falls with a great crash. So at the end of the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus warns us, not once, not twice, but three times, very soberly, that looking like a follower is not enough, talking like a follower is not enough, Hearing like a follower is not enough. What counts is the action, the result, what we do. Bearing good fruit like a good tree. Doing the will of the Father in heaven. Or putting Jesus' words into practice like someone who builds their house on a strong and firm foundation of Jesus' words and life. So I'm just pointing out the Sermon on the Mount ends here very dramatically and very with a very uh, somber or sober note at the end. But our Bible reading, you see, after the end of the Sermon on the Mount, our Bible reading went on a little bit further and gives a final reflection about this teaching that Jesus has just given uh, through the, uh, the Sermon on the Mount. So you'll see there in verse 28, when Jesus had finished saying these things, uh, the crowds were amazed at his teaching because he taught as one who had authority. And I think if you look at the book of Matthew as a whole, from which we're reading here, it shows Jesus is a life marked by authority. So the Sermon on the Mount is runs through chapters 5 and 6 and 7 of this book, and there we see that Jesus taught as one who had authority. In the next chapter, in chapter 8, Jesus calms a storm and so demonstrates that he has authority over nature. In the next chapter, chapter 9, Jesus heals a paralysed man and does that to demonstrate he has authority to forgive sins. In the last chapter of the book, Jesus rises from the dead and shows that he has authority even over death. And then in some of the last words of the book of Matthew, Jesus is quoted as saying, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. So through the whole book, through the teaching, through the actions, through what Jesus said, we see that he is a person of great, of the ultimate authority. And I think there's a very simple way to look at the question of what is a Christian. A Christian is someone who accepts Jesus' authority. A Christian is someone who rejects any other competing sources of authority, anything against Jesus, the world, the self, the devil, perhaps even the newspaper, television, social media, perhaps even friends if they are going against Jesus, or even family if they are saying something different to the authority of Jesus. So a Christian is someone who takes Jesus as their authority and rejects competing sources of authority. And as we've learned today, Uh, It's not just a matter of appearing to accept Jesus' authority or just saying that we accept Jesus' authority or just listening attentively to what Jesus says. It's a matter of acting on what Jesus says. Well, are the possums still there? Okay, so uh, let's just check these possums. So these, I think you might have heard of these, these are the three foolish possums, okay? Okay. So this, this one is foolish. He's not even looking. So, uh, you know, we should, we should look at what's going on around us, but we need to do more than look. We have to look beyond the surface, beyond the uh, appearances, and to see the reality under, underneath. And this second is another foolish possum. This one's not saying anything. Well, we are meant to speak up. We're meant to speak up for Jesus. But we have to do more than speak. We have to speak, but just speaking is not enough. We have to live out lives which show that that's what we believe. We should not only talk the talk, but we should walk the walk. And this third one, this third one's not even listening. Okay, again, foolish. We should listen. Jesus often said when he was teaching, if you have ears, hear. We should use our ears. We should listen. But we don't leave it there. We don't just listen and go away uh, forgetting what we've heard. We need to act on what we've heard. Sink our foundations into Jesus, our rock. That, says Jesus, is a characteristic of wisdom. That is a wise person. The wise person is the one who not only hears what Jesus says, but puts it into practice. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you that you sent your Son, which we're remembering now at Christmas. You sent him to teach as one with authority. Through your Spirit, whom you've given us, help us to accept Jesus' authority in every area of our lives. And so bear much fruit to your glory. Amen. Amen.